following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, you have said before about the topic of anger that uh, that is sometimes appropriate. And we know you, you have some... Uh, underlying causes for anger, but what what are the ways or or times that anger can be used appropriately or inappropriately? Well, you know, it's important. Some people assume it's always wrong to have Mm -hmm. anger. Mm -hmm. I've talked with people, and I will say, well, the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. In other words, there's a time for appropriate anger. However, More people are familiar with uh, blowing up and um, wishing they could perhaps take back the words spoken or, uh, you know, thinking, well, I I don't know what to do. And and they're frustrated. Um, I had a a nephew who who just said, well, no, it's always wrong. And um, so, and, and I remember trying to explain that to him. Um, I think the issue is examine the true source of your anger. One of the things that we talk about is hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. Those are the four causes. Anger is just a, a symptom of that which was wrong. Did it was it hurt? These are the four causes. Hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. Or it could be a combination of two or more. And then evaluate whether you are using anger just to try to get your way or to get needs met uh, for the, the inner needs are love, significance, and security. So, for example... Uh, let's say you've been hurt by rejection. Uh, someone has been very unkind. And evaluate, am I using anger to try to intimidate or coerce someone to remain in a, in a relationship with me? Or let's say something's been unjust and, and you felt powerless. So am I using anger uh, with accusatory words to cause someone to feel guilty and obligated to me? If you've been afraid, that I've said fear and frustration are the last two. Uh, so if you've been afraid because of a situation you couldn't control, evaluate. Am I using anger to overpower or to control someone in order to get my way. Last, uh, have you been frustrated? You just are stuck. Or um, frustrated because of some some expectation that you had that wasn't met. Well, if so, you know, ask yourself, am I using anger... um, to threaten or to try to shame 
a person to to manipulate someone to meet my expectation, my demands. So in searching your heart, uh, decide that you will not use anger uh, to manipulate a person or in an attempt to just try to get a need met. Instead, repent. Repent means change of mind with a change of direction. I, I, I'm willing to look at myself honestly um, and to no longer look to others to demand my, my needs be met. I, I think there's a precious passage uh, in the Bible where you look to the Lord to meet your true deepest inner needs. Isaiah 58 Verse 11 says, The Lord will guide you always. Listen to this. He will satisfy your needs mm. in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Mm. And the reason I'm, I'm bringing that scripture up is Many people feel the only way I can ever get a need met is to just find a way to... I'm, I'm going to get my needs met. I'm going to... whatever. No, it says, He, the Lord, will satisfy your needs. And, and it's like, imagine just, just this sun-scorched land. Well, He will be like a well-watered garden and he, he'll provide the water. In other words, he knows how to be your need meter. And I think that's the point. Um, if we use anger, and I know people who've used anger, and it, it, it does intimidate, it, it, it has intimidated me, <clears throat> and I didn't like the end result. And I would rather be approached in a healthy way not to, not blowing somebody blowing up. Um, I think the most important thing is we need to be aware at times if we have anger. Is it righteous indignation? Is it is it right, or are we using anger in a wrong way? What does the Bible say about anxiety, abuse, or grief? Does the Bible really say anything about addiction, boundaries, or dealing with difficult people? As June Hunt has often said, there really are biblical solutions to all of life's struggles. We are excited to let you know about the newest and most comprehensive resource from June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart, the Care and Counsel Library. Developed over a span of 35 years with the help of pastors, counselors, and ministry leaders, the Care and Counsel Library is a 50-topic, 10-volume set of books which provide clear answers from God's Word on real-life issues. This is a must-have resource for anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom. And right now, you can save 25% when you get the whole set. Check out the Care and Counsel Library today at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, 
in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. If you have questions about tonight's topics or any number of topics that might be on your mind, just talk to our customer support team. They're at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. We have over 100 of our Keys for Living, and those just provide biblical hope and practical help on a variety of topics, each of them covering one particular topic and really exploring that, doing a deep dive on that uh, very topic that you might be interested in or might be helping you or it might uh, help someone else as you have uh, some information to give them and can use some of our resources to help them through something. So I want to recommend that uh, uh, keys there on anger, as June was talking about that topic, it's called Facing the Fire Within. That's anger, Facing the Fire Within, and customer support is available at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Let's get to our caller for tonight, and we have a listener listening on the Bot Radio Network in Texas. We welcome Sue. Well, hello, Sue. Welcome to Hope. Hi, June. How are you? I'm blessed to talk with you. How can we help you? I am blessed and wanted to tell you that your ministry is such a wonderful thing. Mm. Uh, it's going to help so and has helped so many people. And Aren't you thoughtful? What got my attention is uh, I was listening to the radio, and you began to talk, and I and the Holy Spirit just started coming out of your mouth. Mm. And I said, "This is such a blessing!" And I stopped there to listen to everything you had to say. So yeah, that, mm. I, I hope that your ministry will continue to prosper. You have a great staff, and and you were so blessed with what you're doing. Well, you are so um, immensely affirming. You're an encourager. Thank you. Thank you so much. So how can we help you? Well, uh, uh, I am I am 70 years old, uh, and I have just started having some really bad uh, flares up with anger. And... Mm. Uh, I think a lot of it, uh, I, I've been around uh, people that uh, would, a scenario, something would happen, and it would just set me off, uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with my mother. Ah. 
And I what was your that mom I had like? My mm-hmm. mother was, she was a, a, a sweet Christian lady. She was, uh, she had four kids and was pregnant with the fifth when my dad decided he wanted to leave. And uh, he, of course, he had another woman and she had money. And I guess he decided that he would rather have the material things in life that she could give him instead of working oh, and trying to support five kids. Mm-hmm. So he left, uh, and we were, we ended up uh, in the project because that's the only place my mother was able to go. Yes. Even though she had come from a big family uh, of 13 kids, uh, she was the only one that seemed to have not, uh, in other words, they really didn't want her marrying my dad, uh, but she did. And he was more of a womanizer. And he drank a lot. He owned a bar. And that's where he was most of the time, and he was out womanizing all the time. Mm. And my mother used to have to go try to hunt him down wherever he was at to try to get money uh, from him for food. He would tell her that he was going to the store, and he would be back, and he would never come back. Mm. He would be gone all weekend. And when he came home, he had none of his money left from his check. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it was, I'm the second oldest of the five and the only oldest now. Uh, She, once my dad left and she ended up and the situation that she was in, uh, and I'll tell you, this was back in the 50s. The project is not a good place to raise kids if you're a single mother. Mm. Because the projects were full of child molesters, child predators, alcoholics. I mean, that's where they put... Uh, a lot of the low, and I'm not downgrading low income because trust me, I, I <laughs> yes, I have been very thankful that God always provided uh, for my mother and, and the rest of us. But she uh, started on the road of drinking. Oh. Uh, she, yeah, she totally got away from God uh, and started drinking, and it wasn't long. Uh, of course, there she had all these supposedly friends that, you know, they'd, they'd bring booze over and, you know, they'd have domino parties and uh, all that kind of stuff, and um, uh and the whole time, from the time I was five to the time I was uh, 
15, I never saw my mother sober after that. Ooh, wow. For 10 years. Yeah, she, <clears throat> she really, uh, it was, she just, she was in a whole uh, dark place that she couldn't get out of it. Uh, she, I mean, her family had no idea what she was doing. They lived in Oklahoma. They were all, because they're all Cherokee, they were all on the reservation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they all had money. But uh, wouldn't help her. Only her parents would come once in a while and, and help out and bring uh, second-hand clothes, you know, things that we needed once a year. But, uh, and she got on drugs, she got on Valium, uh, and started taking that along, and along with the alcohol. So she, she was oblivious to anything that was going on around her. And then, um, you know, she couldn't take care of the kids. I had to do it, and I had to take care of her. Um, you know, not that. And I'm glad I did, because there was a lot of times she needed somebody, even though I was a little child, mm-hmm. uh, to protect her. Uh, these men would come, and they'd start, they would all be drinking. They'd start beating her up. Uh, they would have fist fights all the time. Uh, they would hit each other in the head with beer bottles. This is how bad it was. Mm. And, and oh. you got all these little kids screaming and crying, and they're traumatized when they see all this going on. And uh, it was, I can't even, you know, that I look back, I, I'm like, God had his hand. He had to. I don't know how I made it, I made mm. it through some of that, some of that traumatic stuff. was very traumatic for kids. And, you know, we had, she got a, uh, a government certain amount of money which had to be given to the office at the project to pay to cover the rent where we lived. Uh, and we got, we there was no, you couldn't have any necessities. There was no money to buy toilet paper, uh, match soap, uh, toothpaste, uh, you didn't have necessities to buy any any of that stuff. I mean, that's how it was back then. The yes. people in, in this day and time, man, I'll tell you what, they have got it so made hmm. uh, compared to what it used to be. We got commodities, and I don't know if you know what that is, mm-hmm. Uh where she would go to a place once a month, you would go and you'd get in line and you had your paperwork and you would get uh, government food, which was fine because it kept us from starving. That was one provision from God. Yes. Uh, So, other than that, I mean, we were dirt poor. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were. That's the way I can explain Uh. These men, uh, I had problems with a lot of men. Uh, they would give her alcohol, and then certain things would start to take place. 
Mm-hmm. And all this would be at night time when the kids were supposed to be. I, I couldn't sleep uh, because I had to watch watch over her. Yes. Because if she she would let people in, and you know these men were like, one time I you know I heard her screaming, and I went and ran down the stairs and try to get in the room, and there was these men in there. She was being gang raped. Mm, mm, mm. And they were, you know, trying to coax me, and I'm like, I need to know, I need to see about my mother. They're like, she's okay, she's okay. So, uh, it was... Wow. <laughs> it, was it was like that. And my, uh, my oldest brother, when, when she had a man... Well, I'll, I'll go back a little bit. They had inspectors that would come out to your home or to your place where you live, and they would—you you never knew when they were coming. They would show up, and they had a, a paper and a clipboard, and they would come in your house, whether you liked it or not. These were—they were, mm-hmm. were inspectors—and mm-hmm. they would go through. Every room, every closet, look under bed. Uh, they would look in the refrigerator. You had a metal trash can with your address on it from each apartment. They would look through that to make sure there was no beer bottles. That there was, you're not supposed to have. If you were a single mother with kids, no man could be there. Mm. Yes. And? And, uh, so she had one that would sneak, sneak in and out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would leave, uh, in the early morning, but he would be there at night. Mm. So you really saw the underside of life and lived it for years. Yeah. Growing up, and you were your mom's protector, and probably you did you feel a sense of responsibility for your I siblings? Did for all those kids, because they they had nobody, they had nobody to take care of them. Right. Well, so you was, actually you had to grow up early. This is June Hunt from Hope for the Heart. One of the great blessings of my life has been both attending and leading conferences. There's nothing like getting together with God's people to be encouraged by God's Word. Let me invite you to join me in person or online at the Hope Together Conference October 19th through the 21st in Allen, Texas. Hope Together is a new conference for those who feel called to care, coach, and counsel with God's Word. Hope Together is three days of biblical training, fellowship, and inspiring speakers. If you're involved in ministry at any level, whether a pastor, counselor, or you just feel called to help others, the Hope Together Conference has something for you. Learn more at HopeTogether.com Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you? 
that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We are a ministry of Hope for the Heart. If you have any questions or concerns about the uh, program tonight, any of the topics that come up, just uh, give us a call. Talk to our customer support team. They're at 800-488-HOPE. Anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'll help you access the right resources for you. Maybe there's a resource of ours that's a free resource on our website. It's called a Quick Reference Guide. It covers uh, um, almost all of the... uh, all the uh, Keys for Living topics that we have, and uh, lots of scripture on there, and uh, plenty of information on those quick reference guides, which you can download, even print out if you'd like to, a couple of pages, or you can get the the longer, uh, like the fuller treatment of the Keys for Living, have those sent to you, and we'd like to help you to get those resources in your hands. We want to recommend one of our resources called uh, Alcohol and Drug Abuse, Breaking Free and Staying Free. And uh, that is available as you call customer support. They'll help you get that uh, in your hands. Uh, Again, their number, 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Let's return to tonight's conversation with Sue. Well, Sue, you have very effectively described what it was like growing up for you. And many people would not understand that's not their experience experientially uh, that's nothing like what they would have and yet um, I'm just going to say that for you to do what you could do as a child um, is very commendable in other words you felt responsible for your mom you felt responsible for your siblings um, though you As a child, you still don't have the power to make everything right. Uh, But you tried to. You tried to. So I just want to say thank you for trying. Um, I know earlier you had said, um, you know, your second sentence was, I've been basically having um, anger flares, you know, that flaring with anger. Uh, Is that the the essence of the main reason for your call? Uh, well, yes, uh, and I'll do this real quick. Um, I had an older brother mm-hmm. that um, was put, let's see, he 
years old, maybe at that time. Uh, when this man would start, he started uh, hitting my mother, you know, because they were drinking, and she would argue, and, and they would just fight. Uh, and he would just knock her around with his fist. But my older brother, one time, uh, tried to get in the middle and take up for her. And he hit him and knocked him across the room and told her that either he goes, my brother, or he's going to go. Mm. And my mother chose the man mm. because she needed the alcohol. She had no means of getting alcohol but through these men, these people. And he would he was out on the out on the street in a really in the really bad you know, it was really bad there. But uh I don't even know where he would stand. But he would come and he'd bang on the door and he'd you know, she wouldn't let him in. She he'd She'd say, we can't let him in, we can't let him in. Uh, so to make a long story short, it wasn't long after that, he was murdered. You mean the man okay. who, or your brother? My brother. Or, oh, yeah. he was murdered. Oh. Yeah, somebody killed him. Uh, and he was a kid. But I remember he had gotten a job mowing the lawn uh, with this man. And he was, my brother was bringing the money, sort of bringing his money that he worked hard for. And, get, and coming to the, my mother would answer the door then, and he would give her the money, but he couldn't come in. Hmm. And he had wow. asthma real bad, so he was suffering really bad with the asthma and mowing grass. But anyway, Got it. Mm -hmm. so we'll get to, get to where I'm at now. I, uh, I have a a, a, a friend that uh, we we we're at the same place. We volunteer at the same place, and uh, I know she's had a rough time. But she started talking about telling me about. I know she had an, an older son that uh, was begging to come home. He was on the street. He had nowhere to go. And she could have taken him in, but she wouldn't. Uh, and once she started telling me that story, it's I just mm -hmm. like yep. that's that's what hit me. I was just I was I was so angry. I started mm -hmm. getting really mad because I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, how can you do that? That's your yeah. son, and that's you know, what your mom had done. Do yeah. Like That is the perfect word. Yeah, you were triggered. Uh, that that triggered the memories. This woman triggered the memories of your mom choosing wrong, choosing right. not her own her own son, her own child, but instead um, choosing this other man. Wow. 
And and uh, and I would notice it too that my my brother, the, my older brother, was uh, these people or whoever it was that was taking him in, and Lord knows what was going on with all that because he was a kid. Uh, he started on the road of drinking. They he would be drinking alcohol uh, at that young age. Uh, I, I just. And that's the whole thing with the anger issues. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I I was, and I hate to admit this, but I'm going to, because God knows my heart. But, you know, when I had to protect, my mother and my siblings from these men would come. I would wake up with these men in my bed. Mm. I couldn't wow. sleep at night because I always had to be on guard. And uh, if I had to go to the bootlegger's house in the middle of the night because she needed alcohol, I had to go to the bootlegger's house could be two or three in the morning. I didn't do good in school because I didn't get enough sleep. Uh, so I ended up, after about the 10th grade, I finally I finally just dropped out of school. But uh, I learned at a very young age, the only way I, I could really protect myself, I either slept in the bed with him because I was a light sleeper and I... I would wake up, or I used to roll myself up in blankets, even in the summer, because we, we didn't have air conditioning, mm-hmm. uh, because they would have to wake me up and roll me uh, to try to do anything, but I, I, I hate But I learned at a really young age, the only way to keep them off of my mother was I had to act certain a certain way to him. I, I learned how, at a real young age, how to manipulate uh, things I would do and things I would say uh, to get their attention off of my mother so they would okay. leave her alone. Yeah, so like flirtatious Flirtatious and kind of invitation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what else to do. And she would, and after this, I'm, like, I'm not going to say anymore, because I know I'm, t- I'm talking a lot. But she would, she would wake me up screaming, just screaming. And she would say she needed to drink. She needed a drink. So I told you, I, you know, I'd have to go out in the middle of the night to the bootleggers. Yes. And when you go to the bootleggers, the the beer came in these big quart bottles. You couldn't wear shoes because you had to be quiet going through this neighbor, those neighborhoods and keep the bottles from clinging against each other to make noise. Because it wasn't safe, but 
my grandparents used to come, and I I I, I couldn't I couldn't trust me, and I didn't trust them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a long time for God to get me out of that. Because uh, I wouldn't trust anybody. I always thought they had a motive or, you know, especially me and I didn't trust them. And the only one I could trust was my grandfather. I mean, I could get hugs from him and he didn't expect something in return, you know? Um, yes. But my mother, I noticed, when he came, she would get real nervous. And she would wring her hands a lot. Uh, and I just thought, that's just the way she was. But once I, I look back and think about it, I'm like, she was scared of him. Because she would get this look on her face. Were you talking about walk up to toward your grandfather? To hug her. Was that your grandfather you're and, talking uh, about? Yeah, her, her dad. Okay. okay. And huh. He had made, he started, that was when, when he would come, he began to make, one time he made the sexual advance towards me, and when he did that, it was like mm. a knife in my chest. Oh. I'm like, I trusted him, and now look, he's like they are. Wow. So there was nobody, you know? <laughs> mm, how painful for you. Again. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, I have to tell you the, the the good part, the best part about all that is, is if it wasn't for the church, I don't know where it would be because mm-hmm. the church was always there. Uh, there was a little church called Brother Bill's. It was a little tiny little church. And every year, they furnished all the kids with brand new uh, shoes for school. Oh. And the Salvation Army was always there to help with whatever you needed, extra food, whatever. And mm. then there was a place called Strickland's. It was a big trucking company. And at Christmas, my mother would go, and they would fill up how many kids there was in the family and they'd get presents and stockings with fruit, which is good. So now when I look back, I see God was there the whole time. If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue, we want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, You'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real-life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? 
Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life, June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at one 800 917 We'll protect your privacy, and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in just a moment. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'd love to hear from you and uh, to just know what uh, you might be struggling with, or maybe as you're trying to help someone else through a situation in their life, and uh, be able to recommend some resources to you. We'd like to do that for you. Uh, just call them at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Maybe there's something you'd like to talk with June about on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, and uh, just to get some help in your situation. We'd like to help you with that as well. The number is 800 800- night 17 800-644-4817. And when you call, just leave a message for us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can to talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. And we do have availability coming up in the next few days. We'd like to hear from you and make you part of the program here. So let's get back to our conversation now with Sue. Well, my friend Sue, um, you have quite a life story And let me ask a specific, I'm going to ask you several questions. First, I'm I'm hearing that you are a true, authentic Christian, the way you began when we talked. Is that true? Yes. When did you become an authentic Christian? Back in 1995. And I'll tell you what. I can look back at all that stuff, as bad as it was, and God just used it all. He took all of that, and he just used it for the good. Uh, I've had, once I got saved, uh, which, uh, you know, when I was young, we would have buses that would come around, and they'd pick up all the kids, and they'd take us to the uh, church. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, they had different things that we little carnivals and that kind of thing. Uh, I asked the Lord in my heart back then. And um, one day they, <laughs> they brought us in from our Bible study and, uh, one morning and set us down in a pew at the back. The first time we heard him preaching, the preacher or the minister. Yes. And they they set me right next to 
they had Jesus on the wall, hmm. a big old, uh, on a cross. Mm-hmm. Picture and of Jesus. And his eyes would you wherever you went. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah. they had him hanging on the wall on this cross, and, you know, it, of course it showed his hands and his feet. And I remember sitting there, and I told this, this kid next to me, I said, wonder what God will do to us if he does that to his own sons. Hmm. And so then I, I felt like, because they talked about the Ten Commandments, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like because I would mess up and not get all the Ten Commandments right, and I know this sounds crazy, but as a kid, that was my thinking. So the reason all this stuff is happening or has happened to me is God doesn't love me. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, I'm being punished because God doesn't love me because I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Uh, And it was so amazing uh, when I got back in 1995, when I finally, uh, and I'm like, this this is a quick story, but this is what really, God really got a hold of me. I had my own business, my own beauty shop for 19 years, and I ministered. I I had people, you know, it was coming in, and we had the Word. We were reading, and we were doing Bible study. But uh, before I got introduced to God, she, I had this lady that would come in. She was a Christian lady. And every time she would come in, she would start talking to me about the Lord, and I would be like, oh, no, not this again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just mm-hmm. being honest. Because yeah. uh, I didn't see how God would want to have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. Because I was such a bad person. That's what I believe. Anyway, she kept asking. And finally, she said, uh, just come one time. And if you don't like it, uh, I won't ever ask you again. And you don't have to come back. And this voice spoke to me and said, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and go. And then mm-hmm. tell her you don't like it. She'll leave you alone. Yeah. So I went, and I loved it, and oh. I got, I got <laughs> saved. <laughs> How old were you then? Thing. It, was, it all happened so quick. It happened in that one morning that I wow. went. Hmm. And How, How old were you at that time? Then I was in my middle 40s. Okay. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God, God has been so good to me and he's blessed me he's taken all of that and he's turned it around and used it for the good in my life i couldn't see it for a long time mm-hmm. but now that i look back i can see he was he always told me when i used to talk to him and pray to him about it he said uh-huh. i was always there with you. whatever you were going through mm. i was going through and I believe that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. So he he's really he's really blessed me. Uh, you know, and and I I have to I have to stay. I don't have to. I want to stay in the Word because that's yes. what I eat. Uh, and it it uplifts me. I love praise and worship. I got into a church and I was on the. I was in the choir when they used to do choirs, um, and it was God has just been so good. I don't, I you know, I'll tell anybody. Mm. 
you know, to make that choice and choose him because once once he comes into your life, you're never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so good. Um, I had one lady, I, I remember when I started reading the Bible, and she said, she came in and I was crying one day. She goes, what's wrong? And I said, from what I'm reading, that I'm going to be a new person. I'm not going to be me. <laughs> and I said, what if I don't like it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. The Bible she says, said, so if anyone is in Christ. It's going to be something good. Yep, that's right. That's it. Yes. In fact, he makes you into the person that he created you to be. And it's a, it is a change. There's no question about that. Because it says if anyone is in Christ, you're a new creation. And you, it's not that you don't sin, you, but you, it, you're not sinless, but you sin less and less and less over a period of time. So when you mentioned earlier about this anger, what was going? What goes on? Uh, it sounded as though there's something triggering you, and is it this other person that you mentioned? It's um, that you yes. periodically yes. see. Uh-huh. And <laughs> June, now yes. that you're talking and you're bringing that up again. I'm wondering if God had put her in my path for a very good reason. Hmm. Well, see, is, he, is he trying to show me that I used to be like that? Only I didn't drink. But mm-hmm. as far as uh, she, was, she, she was always very critical and judgmental. Uh, mm. And I would, I would, uh, she didn't have a vehicle, and I was glad to take her where she wanted to go. But then it got to the point where I dreaded taking her anywhere because I would be trapped in the vehicle with her. And the whole time she was blurting this, all this stuff out. And, and I say, well, let's pray about it, you know, and let's pray. And every day, and I'd pick her up and I'd say, God, I don't know how much longer. Mm-hmm. I can deal with this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm wondering if he put her in my path for me to love her. Because she's hard, she's difficult to love. Mm. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, just, I was just... So does she just remind guess, you... Yeah, did did she remind you of someone who was difficult in your life? Yes. Like your mom? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Exactly. And the alcohol in her, exactly. Because uh, oh. so this lady was an alcoholic. Okay. So, I'm going to ask, did you consistently seek to pray for your mom? Yes. Um, And there's a... Oh, my gosh. There is a 
my mother, uh, and this is a whole other story with my mother, but, you know, I took care of my mother up to 2016 when she was murdered. Oh, my goodness. By her husband. And uh, she, June, I went in, uh, I would go in, and he he didn't know I was coming. And there's stuff that I saw that I just was in so much shock, and I'm still in shock about it when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a, literally, she was a victim a hostage victim to him. He mm. was over here illegally, got her to marry him because he told her that he would take care of her uh, because she would always say, are you going to take care of me? Are you going to? I said, Mom, uh, I'll take care of you as long as I can. But I said, I, when it gets to the point where you have to be lifted on and, and everything, I said, I, can, I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. I said, you, you know, if you've been into a nursing home, I would, cause she, and that just did it for her. Mm. Then she, this guy, uh, this man that claimed to be a minister, uh, oh. had been to prison, and it got it. And all this marriage went was my proxy. Uh, I begged her not to marry him because it was not. She kept saying, oh, God told me, and I'm like, Mom, I don't think God is telling you this. Mm. Uh, well, it sounds like she did, not, yeah, she did not have discernment, clearly. Now, I, no, I'm going to ask a question, question here. Wow. Um, I know you've called because you mentioned this anger. Uh, unfortunately, the program is ending. Would you like for us to pick up where you've left off for us to talk another time? Yes, ma'am, I sure would. Because I really, I really care about you. I think you're amazing. I mean, I, what, what you had at a very young age, um, you're, you're, you're actually, uh, um, I felt very responsible for my two younger sisters, and uh, I know what that's like, and felt I had to care for my mom too. So you're you're touching a part of me that's very sensitive. We will talk again. We will send our keys for living on anger called Facing the Fire Within. We'll send that out to tonight's caller, and we do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash givehope, and we thank you for that. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.